When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your week is treating you well. Today, we are talking with Jessica Zweig. Jessica is the CEO of Simply Be Agency, an international award-winning personal branding firm with offices in Chicago and Nashville, serving clients across the globe. She's the author of the number one best-selling book, Be a No BS Guide to Increasing Your... <laughs> Say it again. B, a no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. Published by Sounds True, Jessica was named a personal branding expert by Forbes, 2020's Most Notable Entrepreneur by Cranes, the 2018 and 2019 Stevie Award winner for Female Entrepreneur of the Year, and a top digital marketer to watch by Inc. On a mission to debunk the perception that personal branding is an act of vanity, Jessica believes that when done right, personal branding is an act of service, a social responsibility, and a positive investment toward a positive future. When you set yourself free to simply be you set the world free. Jessica, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. I am so excited to be with you, Sarah Jane. You are such a light and I I'm just I don't know why I just hit this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your energy is I don't know, I just really vibrate with it. So, thanks mm-hmm. for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you so much. I love the work that you do and the message that you share. I think the industry that you're in, I think there's ways that it can be done really beautifully like I see you doing. And I am so excited for us to get to explore what that can look like. So can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah, my book was, um, you know, written a couple years ago. You know, I, I decided I wanted to to be an author. And my friend Ria was like, what can you write 60,000 words about? You know, that's really the first question to ask yourself if you ever want to write a book. And I, I was like, I can write a lot about personal branding because of the way that I had built my business and our philosophy and our approach was very different, was very unique. Also trademarked, you know, a proprietary method that I had sort of dreamed up and was working for all of these clients. And wanted to democratize it. I didn't want you to feel like in order to build a personal brand with like expert strategy, you had to hire an agency. Not everybody can afford to hire an agency, but you can buy a book. And so I really was intentional with my generosity in giving away the secrets, the keys to the kingdom, as I like to say. And it was really a personal empowerment book it is a personal empowerment book disguised as a branding book, 
because I believe that when we know our brand, when we know how to communicate our value to the world and what makes us unique and amazing and magnetic, that is empowerment work. That is transformational work. And so my book takes you on a journey to build your brand with lots of worksheets and tools and frameworks. It's a really hands-on book, but it's really a journey within your soul for you to really pull out, you know, all of the things that make you you. And that doesn't just mean the shiny, sparkly things. That means the heartbreaks and the failures and the learnings and how we can really architect a deep, authentic brand that helps people at the end of the day, other people. So that's really the message of, of B. It's really um, a book that I, I honestly love. Like not every author is like, I love my book. It, you know, my book was something I birthed from my creative womb and <laughs> feel very proud of. And it's, you know, no longer my baby. It's a walking, talking, breathing, living thing in the world. And the best part is getting to connect with readers um, to hear how the books impacted them. And I'm working on a, a second one right now. I, I just love, I just love writing. So yeah. So the book is a true guide to um, unlocking your authenticity. Well, I think that's so nice. And as someone who's like kind of gone through multiple book launching processes, feeling like I don't like figuring out like what is it that's even interesting about me? Like how do we get into why people even follow me or what my unique story is? Like I never knew how to answer those questions, but it sounds like your book is like an invitation into that exploration, which is what I always wished someone would hold my hand and do. Yeah. And that's like, the re- I mean, the reason why I have a business in many ways is people have a really hard time articulating for themselves what makes them special, what makes them different, what makes them great, what makes them worthy. And you need a partner to shine a mirror and say, here are all the things that I see in you that you can't articulate or even see yourself. And that that's how my book actually starts with you doing an exercise called what is it, your unique intrinsic value where you have to ask three to five people in your life that question and they have to write down their answers and send them back to you. And that's the data. That's the beginning of the journey of like being vulnerable and asking other people that love you and know you the best to reflect back to you what makes you you and what makes you great. And then the second exercise is finding an accountability partner because this work isn't meant to be done in a vacuum. It's it's impossible actually. So I relate to what you're saying. Oh, that's so good. And you just had a workbook come out, right? In January? Yeah, I did. It's doing so well. Um, you know, my readers who I love so much, they they did the work, you know, and they filled out all the worksheets and the book and they ran out of room. And so they were like, Can we have some extra ones? Can you please make a workbook? And so it took me two years. And um, you know, it's not only the extra worksheets, but it's so much more. I created even more soul prompts and journaling exercises and trademark tools. It's a hundred fresh new pages and um, it's $19.99 on Amazon. It's such a fun workbook and really does take you deeper. So that was um, such a fun experience to do and connect with my readers all over again. Yeah, that's amazing. So you trademarked this process. So where did it start? Like where did your interest 
in people and who they are and how they express and what makes them, yeah, where did that come from? I've always been interested in people. I, you know, I think that people are, I just think being a human being on planet earth right now is such a, a wild, wild ride. And, um, and I, you know, my background was in marketing and branding and social media and PR, but I was working with companies and I, I always thought the real magic was in the people that we don't do business with websites and products at the end of the day. We, we do business with how, how we are made to feel and no one can evoke emotion like a, like a human being can, you know, I'm an, I'm an empath, you know, cancer moon. I've just always had like this deep, you know, sensitivity and I wanted to serve people with my gifts in marketing and branding and social media, et cetera. But I didn't really want to work with companies. I wanted to help individuals really get out there and to tell their stories and was really drawn. I mean, I'm a very spiritual person. Like my spirituality is the guiding light of my life. And I think that when we really um, get in touch with our purpose and our truth, there's that we're living out our we're living out our responsibility like there's no one has the dna that you and i you know we we all individually are snowflakes as i like to say and a lot of people are asleep to that fact like that they're needed you know that what they've got is theirs only and so that's really my greatest why in what i do and then i channeled all of my tools i mean they're branding tools, but they're all named after spiritual concepts. So if you look at my book, I've got like the personal brand hologram, the supernova, the pinnacle content framework, the Orion star roadmap, like all of these tools are named after the cosmos. And so um, that is really my biggest mission here is to remind people that we are made of stardust and we've come here to evolve our souls. And I don't care if you're the CEO of a really large company or a solopreneur just starting her career. We all have something very important to give to the world. And um, we all also have darkness and shadows and skeletons and like no one is better than anybody just because of a title or a, you know, money status, whatever. And so my book is really here to say, you come from the stars, it's, you know, you have to shine your light and here are the tools that help you do that. So I've always been drawn towards humanity because of my spirituality. And I just happen to be, I guess, really good at business too. So <laughs> it all came together. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's something so special about being able to keep your spirit intact while working in marketing and in, you know, in the business world and the corporate world, like kind of holding on to that, I think can be, it's like a lot of things are pushing you out of that space and, and kind of staying connected and grounded is, is so precious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that a lot and I, and I, I always am very grateful to get this sort of reflection and I, I'll share it just because I think maybe someone listening needs to hear it too. It's like, you can be both. You can be all the things. You can be fully yourself in your career and not leave anything kind of off the table because of 
whatever stigmas, the matrix, like be yourself, bring it all in. And are you going to be right for every situation or every client or every job? No, but you're not supposed to be right for everything. If you try to be everything to everyone, you're going to be nothing to no one. And, and so, I mean, that's what I would call marketing 101 is also just, you know, having a clear brand positioning, but it's also having a clear human positioning and confidence that, yeah, you're going to attract more of what's right for you based on you being you and you're going to repel who's not. And that's, that's the beautiful trade-off when we live an authentic life. Yeah. What about the friends at home who are like, I have no idea who I am. Like, mm-hmm. all well and good. I would love to be authentic, but like, how do I even know what that means? Like for myself, read my book. <laughs> There's that, but um, you know, I think that my advice to that friend who's at home is really get into this practice of stillness of being with yourself you know like it can be really uncomfortable to sit still to be in our own thoughts to spend time in our own company for me that looked like taking walks in nature journaling meditating learning hiring a coach and talking about my my life my process my problems really what i would say taking a that journey within and committing to that. You know, some people would call this personal growth. I think that your business, your career will only grow to the extent in which you grow. And the way we grow is we know ourselves. We learn to know ourselves. At the end of the day, that's really what it's about. You are all about the Enneagram. I'm into astrology. There's human design. There's all of these amazing tools out there that we should be utilizing so that we can know ourselves. It's such an unlock and, you know, process that information in in all, all the ways that I just stated. If you feel called, I cannot say enough about journaling, taking silent walks in nature, sitting still. You don't even have to like, like I just picked up bird watching. <laughs> like I'm really into, I live in Tennessee and I live in like, you know, the outskirts of Nashville and I bought, you know, bird seed and binoculars and like, yes. it's so meditative just to like be one with nature, you know? So like whatever feels good to you that nourishes your soul, hmm. that's how you're going to find yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that you said inward to you as like so much of it is like time with yourself, go inward, journal, reflect, pay attention. And I think so often, especially looking through the lens of the Enneagram, the types that get caught up in, I don't know myself, how do I find myself? They're looking externally, you know, they're like going to like, well, I need to do something that makes me this kind of person, or I'm not an artist unless I'm a great artist, or I'm not you know, a a runner unless I run a marathon. Um, Then there's all these like external parameters that tell us who we are. Um, But that focus on get to know yourself, pay attention to yourself, ask yourself good questions. I think that's pointing, you know, it's like pointing us back to ourselves. Yeah. And another really, I think, powerful way to get, to take that journey inward, I find, is putting myself in environments that are new and outside of my comfort zone. 
like I actually have a whole chapter in my book called Find Your Edges. So the book is divided into three sections, be real, be your brand, be free. And be free is actually my favorite section. It's at the end of the book, which I'm like, I hope people read it all the way through because the end is really where it gets juicy. And there's this chapter in, in that section called Find Your Edges that really speaks to that journey within. And that the way that we accelerate that journey within, the way that we go deeper into that journey within is when we get uncomfortable. You know, and a lot of the time that can be sitting with ourselves. Sometimes that's traveling to new locations, putting ourselves in groups of people that we've never met before, like a mastermind or a retreat, um, moving our bodies in ways that feel weird, like ecstatic dancing or breath work. You know, like there's so many ways to get uncomfortable that allow us to meet a new version of ourselves. And that journey within is, it's actually like the, the most important journey I'll ever take. I feel like that's a lesson I'm learning every single day is like, because I just want, am I in the type? Like I want to be happy. I want to feel good. I want to be satisfied. And so I avoid the things that could potentially make me feel that way and just seek out the things that are guaranteed to make me feel good. But I am the most alive when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm like in a situation where I feel out of my comfort zone. I don't have power. I don't have control, right? Like I am vulnerable. But then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a brave person or mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person who takes risks or likes to try new things. And you see yourself in a completely new light. Yeah. And that's how we evolve, you know? Like my word, my favorite word in the English dictionary is evolve. I don't know why. It's always been And it's like, yeah, we are all souls. This is my personal belief, so take it or leave it. But we are all souls that come from all different parts of the universe that incarnate in these human bodies for a very short amount of time. Like we're talking like the the earth has been around for like billions of years and it's a young planet, right? So like we got, you know, 80, 90 years on this human life if we're lucky. It's it's a flick, it's a fleck, a microcosm of time. And so our job here, we come here, which is, you know, often a painful place, earth, you know, there's duality, there's lots of suffering here, unfortunately, but that's part of the human experience. And we come here intentionally to learn and grow and evolve our soul in these human bodies. And that, that is like the richest part of the human experience. And it's, and it's often when we are completely outside of our comfort zones or we're in, frankly, a lot of pain where our souls, that evolution gets the most refined. You know, it's like a diamond, like a diamond has to go through the fire to like come out on the other side of diamond. So, and the, the, the pressure and the heat in that kind of refinement is always very high. And so, to the girl that's listening or the friend that's listening, like just back to her, when you're in that sort of state of ambiguity or darkness or confusion or whatever, like that's good. Like be grateful that you're there because that's you being refined and the evolution of your soul, whether you maybe even realize it or not. And I 
Yeah, I feel like my, my brain goes, well, I should just appreciate that, right? Like when I'm in the thick of it, well, then like now I'll remember and I'll just be so happy that I'm in so much pain. And right, the reality is like it's going to suck. Like it sucks because it sucks. Yeah, totally. And we with hindsight, it's when I can look back and go, wow, look at me. Yeah. Look at where I've become. Look at what I've been able to do. I love that perspective. You know, I was – in an astrology session, like like a year ago, I was in a really dark place, and this just this is going to circle back to what you just said. And I was, you know, I've been on this very fast growth of my business, right? Like I started it in 2017, and it's been oh, just like a rocket ride, right? Like I've had massive growth, like tons of you know opportunities, hired 25 people, like all in less than six years. Yeah, it's been wild, and. I was having a rather like slow financial year last year. Okay. And I was with my astrologer and I was like talking about how upset this upsetting this was. She was like, Jessica, this is, this is a matrix. It's a construct that things work in straight lines and that we should always be going up and up and up and growth for growth's sake. Like we don't live in a linear society. That's the, that's the matrix. That's the patriarchy that it's constructed that what we live in is a cyclical society. We live in a planet that turns in circles that is, you know, in communion with the moon and her phases and things are, all things are nature, including a business. It, it expands, it contracts, it expands, it contracts, it dies and then it rebirths just like, you know, winter to spring. And so as I was really like listening to you just, just talk, like there's last year, 2022 was one of the darkest years I've had, like hands down. And I'm pretty much known for my positivity, my light and my like fun vibes and I felt like a phony last year because I was like, I fucking hate everything and my life feels so heavy and I'm having nervous breakdowns and crying every night, not sleeping because I'm just so miserable and I want to like, I'm like 99.9% .9 ready to like walk away from this business because I hate it so much. Like that is where I was. And I've been through some pretty significant journeys and healings in the last like five, six months. And I'm now at a place, and I say this with all my heart, where I'm like more joyful and more embodied than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. That's because I had that con contraction because I was in the dark, like yoking this next evolution of my expansion, but I couldn't expand. I couldn't feel the joy of this expansion had I not really reached some serious depths of dark last year and contraction. So I think everything has its time and everything is valuable. And the only constant in our lives is change. So if you're in a dark place, great. It's not going to be forever. Just not. And same thing with the ups. It's a dynamic process called life. You were touching on, I could touch on everything that you just talked about. I could go into like three hour long conversation with you on <laughs> like organizing my brain because I'm like overwhelmed with excitement. Not that you went through the darkest time of your life last year, you but like just that that's the most human experience. And there's something so incredible about the thickness of being in the, in the dark mm -hmm. and not knowing if you'll ever see the light again. And 
coming to a place where you feel even just like an inkling of relief, right? Like just that like moment of this is, I can like think positively today and the appreciation for something that I think we so easily take for granted, which I think, I don't know your Enneagram type. Do you, do you know your Enneagram type? Yeah, I'm a seven. Okay. Yeah. So we're the same. (laughs) (laughs) Are we really? That's awesome. And so that like we, like our positive energy, right? Like is something that is so in our bones that Mm -hmm. when it's gone, for me, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not playing the role I'm supposed to be playing, that people love me because I'm happy and that if I'm not happy, if I'm complaining, then I'm going to lose people. But I think that cyclical appreciation, and we talked about this actually Monday on the podcast about living in seasonally and, and like embracing the cycles. And I feel like, you know, that's the same for suffering. Like what you're saying is like an appreciation for the inevitable cycle of, of suffering and joy and how as sevens, especially allowing suffering to come and then allowing it to leave versus kind of what we tend to do, which is like halt the process by trying to fix the suffering, make the suffering go away, make it end. If I just have the perfect morning routine, if I just have like the perfect exercise routine, if I just drink enough water, like yeah. I'll be happy versus like just honoring the grief, allowing it to come, allowing it to go. There's just something it, it flows so much more easily. Yes. Yes. I, I think that, you know, one thing that you just said, honoring the grief, there's a really, there's really, there's something really important in what you, in you saying that, because we go through these cycles, right? And especially people like us, we really hard on ourselves when we go through the down and Yet when we're on the up, we can have these micro moments of hurt. And I've been prone to bypass those. Like I'm strong. I'm, I'm above it. It doesn't really hurt me that much. And even just allowing yourself in like a a quiet moment to say like, no, this little part of me, this little girl that just got nicked needs my love and my attention. And to send, it's like a physical, like visualization and act, at least for me, that where I send my little girl inside me love. Like that, like these, these moments of grief that can come in ma- macro or micro. And for, for me, I, I just think we all kind of blaze through things that like potentially can upset us. And there's such medicine in that. There's such a lesson in that, that, you know, I'll just speak in real time. Last week I had a conversation that really, really hurt me. And I was really filled up with anger afterwards and I slept on it. And the next morning I went to my altar and I just tuned in to the little girl in me that just got hurt because she wants everybody to like her. And like me just acknowledging that tender side of myself actually helped me move the grief through. It didn't stay with me. It didn't define my day. It didn't, you know, get all kind of curdled inside and and hardened. Like I was able to just really acknowledge the hurt 
and be with the grief and really recognize where the grief comes from and then release it, you know, because I was able to be with it. You can't release it unless you're willing to be with it. And, and this goes for long stretches of grief, like be with it. It's, it wants your attention. It wants your love. This is like healing something in me right now because I was, I had, I just had my birthday and I'm like a little, thank you. I'm like a little kid on my birthday. Like everything, I really need it to be perfect. I don't want to be let down. I really want it to feel so good and perfect and magical. And it's never going to be able to be what I need it to be. And I actually had a conversation with my husband about presents and how like you just can't buy me presents. I was like, you can't buy me presents. I'm an impossible person to buy presents for. I'm never going to appreciate them enough. And like, I'm just like a bummer. And he was like, or maybe there's like a, the little kid in you didn't get, didn't, you know, your family didn't know you very well. They didn't like ask you questions about yourself. And so in present giving, you're looking for evidence that like, I know you and I see you and that I appreciate you. And so the little kid in you is easily disappointed. And hearing you say like, you're angry in that moment and talking, simultaneously talking about the little kid in you, I saw like the little kid in you just kind of being like, "Mm, mm," you know, and I think like yeah, it's like the same energy on my birthday, right? Of just like see me, love me, know yeah. me, and not being and looking for any evidence that that's not true because for so long, you know, it wasn't. And yeah, there's something so healing in that of just like honoring her disappointment, and like that's and your anger, right? Like that's like, yeah, she's like angry. She wants to be liked, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And we, we have to know that like, oh, it's, that's just so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's, it's really, it's so significant that you, you can be aware of that, you know, like it's so, it's so funny. Like I was in Egypt a couple months ago <laughs> at a really significant trip and we went to this temple called Kom Obo, which is the temple of light and dark and the seat of neutrality. It's a really powerful place. And I tapped into all of these heavy, dark things that like made me miserable in 2022. And it was really palpable. And so I came back. We we actually stayed on this riverboat. It was beautiful. We sailed down the Nile River for seven nights. And we had this little balcony on our room. I went with my best friend and I was journaling all of these things that I was going to release. You know, I like gotten so in touch with all these dark, I mean, like lots of dark situations, dark aspects, dark, just sad, dark, yucky things that happened to me all year that, you know, happened to me that I co-created, whatever, like, but just more what Jessica was really wanting to release. And I wrote it all down and then I folded it up and I ripped it up and I, I threw it in the river. And I was like, so proud of myself. I was like, this was such a ritual. And I just released all of these dark things that no longer serve me. And I'm done. <laughs> like, whatever. So then my best friend comes in the, in our, in, onto the balcony and she's, she's like, what, you know, what's, what you do? What's going on? And I share with her what I just did. And as if I was so proud of myself, my friend's very wise. And she said, you know, Jessica, these aren't, these things about you are not things that you need to release. These are things you need to love. I know I'm going to cry too. 
she's like, these are things you need to learn to love. That's how you heal them. So it reminds me, there's a Thich Nhat Hong quote about meet your anger as if you're like greeting a little baby. Mm. And mm, yes. like, the amount of intimacy and gentleness and, and care in that, that like your friend, you know, is kind of mirroring for you is like, right. it's hard to imagine being able to do, you yeah. know, like just yeah. Yeah. she gets unconditional love. Right. Like even her, the parts her, that you want to throw away. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you know, your little girl, their three-year-old, five-year-old self that's having a tantrum and is in her like rage, sacred, like she's fully expressed. She's feeling all her emotions and she was probably activated to the point of feeling that way. So she deserves to scream and cry. So what are you going to do? Tell her to shut up? Tell her it's not that bad? Neglect her? No, you, she needs your, she needs you to hold her. Like you just said. And I love that quote. And that has been, you know, does it, does it happen as, as quickly? Maybe sometimes no, but it happens quicker, you know, and learning to, learning the difference between like indulging my emotions and like honoring my emotions has also been really um, an upgrade, you know, cause I, I've, I'm ten I'm known to be kind of dramatic. <laughs> Maybe it's the seven in us. But um I I definitely um and have been kind of shamed for some of for that for some of my life. You know, my my dad will be like, Oh, you're just being dramatic, or my brother, like, you know, it's a go it's like a go default criticism, even though it's just, oh, that's just Jessica. And I I think my ability to fully express my emotions is a gift. And yet I can kind of be my own worst enemy and get carried away with stewing, you know, and it doesn't, it just doesn't serve anybody. So it's that fine line of, of learning to honor them versus being indulgent in your, in your dark and heavy emotions, because our dark and heavy emotions are beautiful too. And they, they're, they're what make us human. And I think the more willing we're able to sit with them, like we've been saying, we can honor them, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm curious too, if part of the, cause I do the stewing thing as well. And my family calls me dramatic as well. So we're like, um, right there with you. But like, I think part of that stewing, I'm curious if it's like our rejection of the sensation that needs the sensation, the sensation, the sensation like intensifies in order to be heard. Hmm. Or yeah. like we need an external, we need something to solve. Like we need this to go away. We need to fix it. And because of that, it's like almost intensifying it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I think it's this goes back to what we were saying earlier and why it's so important to have practices where you can like you you just know where to where and how and potentially with whom to take care of yourself. Like Stewing is not necessarily a bad thing because it allows you to kind of like work things out in your mind, but you can't stew forever and you can't stew by yourself and you, 
you don't want to stay stuck in that loop, you know? And so changing up your environment, like getting, breaking up the monotony of your day, maybe your week, your month, you know, your year, finding partners, like coaches, therapists, I can't, healers, people, like I can't express enough, like it's always worth the investment and kind of having like security checks in your, in your emotional life where you're not allowed to stew too long because that just creates again, like a toxic kind of soup inside your soul that isn't, isn't good for you. But again, there's this fine line of like really allowing yourself to feel all the feelings too, so that you can metabolize them. And that isn't, that is a, depending on the situation, a long process. And I have found here was the real unlock for me, Sarah Jane. I learned a couple years, six, seven years ago, I don't know, right before I started my company, the, um, the power of radical responsibility. I had been in a deep state of victim mentality for a long time, unconsciously. Life was happening to me. It was everyone else's fault. I hated everything about my life for a period of time. And it was my husband's fault. It was my boss's fault. It was the weather's fault. It was everybody, everything else's fault but my own. And I went to this retreat, this women's retreat, where I spent like $700 to go up to Wisconsin in the woods for, you know, three days with 40 women. I didn't know, best $700 I ever spent. And um, the mirror that was held up to me in that moment was just the real unlock was just like, wow, what, what, how disempowered am I by playing the role of the victim? And when I learned to take radical responsibility for my life, all the good and the bad, everything changed. And so going back to stewing, you can stew because you need to think and consider and like feel it, but you, you have to move it. And the only way you move it is if you really start to look at how you helped to kind of co-create the situation. That's the real, I think, unlock to empowering yourself to move through anything. So that's what, that's what just came through for me is this, and it's the hardest thing in the world to do, but it's so damn worth it. And it's so tempting to be like, it is other people because then I get to just not do the work. You know, it's like yep. they yep. need to work on themselves. They need right. to work on themselves. <laughs> yes. But it's actually like ultimately I think like deeper, more relaxing to be more like focused on self-responsibility because that's the only thing you can control. So it's so much less frustrating to actually just work on your own stuff than it is to be so focused on things that are outside of your control. Absolutely. I I just had like a I did a podcast on this recently and you know without getting into too much detail I had like a breakdown with a friend miscommunication we were supposed to partner up on an event together and then she ended up kind of turning the opportunity down walking away she, I kind of felt like she ditched me in the situation but she you know she just was honoring I guess what she needed to do. And we didn't talk for a few months. And in those few months, I made it all about the fact that the reason why she decided to walk away was because she didn't want to work with me and she didn't like me. And I, there was something wrong with me and we have history. And so I made it all about the history. And then finally we re, we regrouped a couple of weeks ago and had this real open talk about it. And she 
shared with me what was really happening on her side, if you will, of the street. And it was nothing to do with me at all. It had everything to do with her. And I, by the end of this call, I'm crying. I'm like crying because I'm relieved, but crying because I'm also like, oh, Jessica, you sweet soul. Like you project all of this story onto yourself that just isn't true. And part of my story, one of my biggest fears is that like I'm too much for people. And she said to me at the end of the call, and I didn't even solicit this. She's like, Jessica, you are a woman who takes up space. And I love that about you. And I admire that about you. And do you maybe ruffle some feathers sometimes? Sure. But we need women on the planet right now who take up space. And like she said that to me. And it was almost like I needed somebody else to affirm that for my for, in that moment that I couldn't even recognize in myself. And, and it, it just gave away a lot of my power in that situation for no reason. And that's really um, my work, right, to do is to not displace what's really mine and accept what's not mine, you know, as mine. Does that make sense? And it's just been just such an amazing process in these last few months of really realizing that how much deeper I can even go with taking responsibility. I love that because I think so often we get caught in our stories and we never given anybody the opportunity to tell us we're wrong. Yes. And you had this like amazing experience where you were like, this is the story. And then you got the person who you're telling the story about to say like, they got to tell you the true story and you believed them, which I think is all we can do right? with these stories. Like that's the best case scenario of like what we can do with that. And I think it's like such an inspiration to remember to ask and to let and to believe people. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think on this note, I think it's a good place for us to kind of wrap up and just kind of end on that note of self-responsibility of owning our part, owning our stories. Do you have any like final thoughts or, or words you want to leave people with today? Something they can walk away thinking about? Yeah, I love that. I loved this conversation. This was beautiful. Yeah. This was like dropping in with a girlfriend over coffee in the middle of my day. Like this was amazing. Healing for me too. Me too. And and again, thank you for having me on your show. It's a really beautiful show. You know, I, I'll spoiler alert my book uh, and kind of take you to the last thing that I say in the book and final page. And this was one of those moments as a writer, you know, you, you've got a, you've got a deadline, you've got a hand in your manuscript. You're like, what am I, how am I going to end this? Cause I really hadn't planned on how I was going to end the book. And I was sitting at a coffee shop in a cold winter day in Chicago. And, um, this message came through for me. Like it wasn't even from me. It was from something higher, like higher source. And it was, the message that because you were born, you're important. And because you breathe, you matter. And there's nothing you have to do to prove that. And your existence is in and of itself the assignment. You have a responsibility to, to live out the assignment. We don't get to just choose it. Like maybe I'll live fully who I am and use my gifts to make the world a better place around me. 
if I've, if I feel like it, it's like, no, it's your responsibility. I really believe that, that we're in that word, which we just talked about around self-responsibility. But when we enact that, when we break through that sort of cycle of victim mentality and life's happening to us and instead of happening for us and through us and as us, uh, we became, we become the co-creators of most beautiful lives we could imagine. And I really believe that to be true. So um, I say that at the end of my book and, you know, I would, I would say that here at the end of our conversation that you are needed and it's your responsibility to be your, be yourself in this life. Thank you. Mm. Jessica, for people at home who are like, I need to hang out with her more, where can we keep in touch online? Where can we find you? You can come find me at Jessica's Zweig on Instagram. I spend a lot of time there. Come see me on my my podcast, Simply Be Podcast, the Simply Be Podcast. My website, simplybeagency.com. Go buy my book wherever books are sold. The workbook is only available on Amazon. But um, I'd be honored to hear from any of your community because you're just a light and like attracts like. And I believe in that. And so, again, thank you for having me today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.